Welcome to the LU Moment. Thank you for listening. I'm Shelley Vitanza, the Director of Public Affairs at Lamar University. Each week we showcase the great events, activities, programs, projects, and people at Lamar University. This week, Lamar University celebrated the life of legendary basketball coach and former Lamar University head coach and director of athletics, Billy Tubbs, who passed away Sunday morning, November the 1st. A Cardinal Hall of Honor member, Tubbs coached the red and white from 1976 to 80 and 2003 to 2006. He oversaw one of the greatest runs in the history of collegiate basketball history. Beginning in February 1978, the Cardinals rattled off 80 consecutive wins on their home court, which at the time was the nation's longest streak, and it still stands as Lamar University's all-time record. Just incredible. As Lamar University, um, Marco Bourne, our athletic director, said, you know, Tubbs will always be a member of the Lamar basketball family and the Beaumont community. In fact, our Montaigne Center uh, basketball court is the Billy and Pat Tubbs court named during the 2010-2011 basketball season. An amazing man and someone that we will truly, truly miss. In honor of Veterans Day, Lamar University's Office of Global Diversity and Inclusive Excellence will host a luncheon celebration Wednesday, November the 11th at 1130 in the LIT Multipurpose Center. Uh, the event will feature two speakers, Senator Lieutenant Colonel retired Brian Birdwell and LU alumnus Nick Carter. He's a non-executive board member of Tricora Resources. Now, Birdwell just re-elected last uh, Tuesday has an interesting story. He graduated from Lamar. He joined the Army and served 20 years. And then on September the 11th, 2001, 9-11, he was working on the second floor of the Pentagon when American Flight 77 hit the Pentagon. He was critically wounded and severely burned. And he'll speak at the luncheon virtually. So we're looking forward to hearing from him. And then our Lamar graduate, class of 1975, Nick Carter, who also served this country, in the U.S. Navy, became an accountant and a CPA, and ultimately retired as president and CEO of Tricolor Resources. He'll join us in person at this luncheon. The community is invited. Seated seating is limited, of course, because of um, CDC uh, guidelines. Um, but it's a first come, first serve basis. So, if you're interested in attending, please call four zero nine eight eight zero seven nine one two. 880 It's going to be a great event. I want to give a big shout-out to um, my colleagues here at Lamar University's Marketing and Communications Department, as well as Joshua Productions. The two collaborated on an advertising campaign titled Your Moment is Here, and it won a national advertising award called the Davy Award. Very, very effective advertising. Your Moment is Here. You'll see it on commercials. It's fabulous. Uh, also, let's recognize our young professionals. Lamar University is proud to announce that Megan Collins, instructor of political science, has been selected as a 40 Under 40 award recipient. You know, every year, Southeast Texas Young Professionals Organization, the Greater Beaumont Chamber of Commerce, and the Beaumont Enterprise select the best and brightest young professionals in Southeast Texas under the age of 40. And selections are made on academic achievements, professional success, and community involvement. Now, not only did Collins make the cut this year, and she works right here at Lamar as a political science instructor, but 14 other Lamar graduates were chosen. So we're really excited, and these honorees will be formally celebrated at the 8th Annual 40 Under 40 Reception, which is going to be November the 12th at Ford Park. They'll have a social hour at 5.30 with a ceremony beginning at 6. Ford Park, November the 12th. 
Very excited for them. Okay, one last shout-out before we get to the, our guests tonight or today. Uh, the National Hartford Center for Gerontological Nursing Excellence has awarded Dr. Elizabeth Long, Assistant Professor in the Lamar University, Joanne Dishman School of Nursing, the Distinguished Educator in Gerontological Nursing Award. Now, this award recognizes the leadership of nursing educators working with students, faculty, providers, and older people in diverse settings. So congratulations to Dr. Long. Uh, And let me just mention that LU School of Nursing has, for the last 13 years or so, beat the national average for passing the nursing exam. I think the national average um, is like an 80 percentile in LU consistently has above a 90. And what does that mean? It means that Lamar University School of Nursing is exceptional. Very proud of Dr. Long and our School of Nursing. Also exceptional at Lamar University, our history department. I've invited Dr. Brendan Gellis, a Harvard graduate who has a master's degree in philosophy from Cambridge and a PhD from Indiana University, to talk to us about last week's election from a historical perspective. Now, Dr. Gellis is a cultural historian of law and government. Uh, Dr. Gillis, uh, welcome. I, I really don't know what you teach right now at Lamar. Oh, yeah. Um, so a lot of the teaching that we do in the history department is um, the survey-level introductory U.S. history courses. Um, so uh, at the moment, um, that's my primary focus. But um, I also I offer classes in colonial American history and the American Revolution, um, and the early national period. That's my area of expertise. Um, so I tend to think about elections in relation to the Constitution when it was first written, um, and uh, you know some of this history that's now uh, a, a couple hundred years old. Interesting. Well, I know that you've um, you've done you do a lot of research, and um, you've been awarded funding from distinctive institutions. And um, I really appreciate you taking the time out with us today. I know it's kind of been a, a hectic week, and and I, I was really just curious. I, we don't want to get into politics or anything like that, but I am so fascinated to find out from your perspective, a historian's perspective. What made this the most historic election of all time? And, and would you say it? I mean, that's that's what I feel about it. But would you say it's a, a really historic election? Um, that's a that's a great question. Um, and I think um, I I tend to encourage my my students to pay attention to politics. Um, you know, I I don't really care who they vote for, but I do encourage them to register to vote and, and learn um, about the voting process. Um, and one of the things that I've learned is is people tend to get frustrated with politics because it's not always clear immediately what the payoff is going to be from an election. You know, uh, it, it may be, um, you know, a few days before we get the, the full results from the election, the 2020 election. It may be a few weeks or months before we begin to see some of the, um, the policies be uh, enacted. Um, it'll certainly be years before we really begin to comprehend what those policies look like. Um, but, you know, I think there's a lot about this election that, uh, that strikes people as being odd and different and exceptional. Um, one thing that really jumps out um, is the incredible amount of voter turnout. Um, so yeah. it's hard to say for sure they're still counting votes, but it looks like um, the total number of voters is going to be the highest since the election of 1900. Um, so we're talking yeah. about turnout that hasn't been seen in 120 years. Um, wow. And really um, looking back towards the era when the most 
um, number of eligible voters in the U.S. Um, were turning up at the polls. Amazing. Um, and, so I can't you know, recall I think, 1900. Can you can you tell me what was going on in 1900 and why? Can you how can you compare that to to now? Um, well, you know, in in 1900, you know, we're coming off of the Spanish American War. Um, there were big uh, political issues having to do with you know what was going to happen to new territories in the Philippines and in Puerto Rico. Um, there were debates ongoing about. Um, you know the, the the sort of closing of the American frontier. This is this is the last mm-hmm. moment um, when new territories are being filled in in the West, um, and so the, the issues were were pretty dramatically different than today. Sure, um, sure. But I think um, when you when you start to look at how our expectations of elections have shifted, you know, in this era of twenty four hour news and social media, um, you know, you can learn a lot very quickly about what's happening. You know, I know um, a lot of people uh, are, you know, clicking refresh on their browsers, trying to find the exact precise um, outcome. Uh, And um, this actually, you know, even before 1900, but back in the election of 1876, we saw even higher um, turnout. And it led to one of the strangest outcomes in uh, an election that we've ever seen. Um, There was clear evidence of voter fraud and voter intimidation in a few different states. Um, at the time, uh, people actually kind of brought their own ballots along to the polling places. Um, uh-huh. And um, there'd been some shenanigans where um, the, you know, one party, uh, the Democratic Party at the time printed some ballots with Abraham Lincoln, you know, famously a Republican on them um, to try and get them to vote a different way than the people to vote a different way than they thought they were doing. Um, you know, there's notoriously, um, you know, people would offer beer or whiskey at the polling places um, <laughs> if you promised to vote your, the, the right way. Um, so, you know, pretty different from what we've come to expect now. Um, right. And in the end, um, because it wasn't clear who had won, um, Congress set up a special commission that hashed out a backroom compromise um, that threw the election to Rutherford B. Hayes, even though it's really unclear um, how things would have turned out if it hadn't been so rowdy at the polls. That's fascinating. And so... Um would you say that um, that we've had shenanigans throughout our history? Because you know that feels um, really that's different than what I what I thought. My perception. Well, you know, it's when we look back at um, elections with the benefit of hindsight, it tends to seem obvious who's going to win um, or how people are going to win. Um, you know, history is much tamer after the fact, um, and yeah. so you know, I think. Uh, 10, 15 years from now, we're going to look back on 2020 and say, oh, well, yeah, it was clear um, that it was going to turn out the way that it did. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we'll have an explanation for why it turned out the way it did. Um, and, you know, of, of course, one of the issues is, is polling. I mean, no matter what happens in the end, right. polling right. numbers didn't seem to quite line up with what people were expecting. And, and that actually has a long history as well. Um, in the election of 1948, uh, Harry S. Truman, the incumbent, won, um, but all the polls suggested that his uh, opponent, Thomas Dewey, was going to win. 
And so um, the Chicago Daily Tribune, one of the, the largest newspapers in the U.S., famously printed a headline, Dewey defeats Truman, because they were convinced <laughs> all the polling said Dewey was going to win. Um, and, of course, over the, the, the next day when the results rolled in, it turned out that was totally wrong. Um, and Truman won handily. Um, so, you know, it's always really difficult to figure out how people are going to vote. Um, because they don't, right. people don't behave the way that we imagine they should. Right. And I'm not sure that people really tell um, pollsters what they're going to do. But, but anyway, let, let me, we're going to run out of time here, and you're so fascinating. How do you think this election is going to impact future elections? Do you think we can expect such turnout in the future, or do you think it all depends on the issues? You know, I think it really depends on the issues. You know, the uh, situation around COVID-19 has certainly made this an unusual election. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the only thing comparable was way back in 1918 when we had uh, Spanish flu. Um, but even then, that was a midterm election, and um, it, it wasn't quite the same. Um, so, I, you know, I think it's really going to depend on what happens, because, you know, every election is a little different. Um, and I take encouragement from the fact that, that people think that it really matters, um, and, and I hope right. the trend continues. Um, but it could go a different way. Right, right. Yeah, I think it's important that people recognize that they can make a difference by voting. And um, you're right. I hope that 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 continues. So how are you going to teach about this election? We've got about a minute and a half. How are you going to teach? How are you going to talk about this um, to your students? What's the takeaway? Yeah, that's a great great question. Um, And, you know, I'm, I'm... not sure we'll know for a while yet. And I, that's not a satisfying answer. Um, mm. But I think some of the takeaways are, are clear. Um, I often uh, confront like a sense of apathy. You know, there's a, there's a real mm-hmm. conviction among a lot of people when they're 18 that, it, that their vote doesn't matter, that they don't see actual consequences um, of how elections turn out. Um, and I think, I think we will see real consequences fairly quickly of this election. Um, and so I'm going to really stress, you know, if you look at the map, um, you know, certain states that weren't in play before now appear to be uh, up for grabs. Um, mm-hmm. Voting mm-hmm. matters in new ways and new places. Um, and, you know, things don't always turn out the way that, that the political pollsters predict Fantastic. Very interesting. Wouldn't we love to be in one of your classes and just have an open discussion about these types of things? Dr. Gillis, thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate your perspective, and we hope to have you back when we start to see some of the consequences that you're talking about, and we'll discuss them. That would be fabulous. Well, thanks and so much thank for having you. Me. Yes. Thank you, sir. And thank you for listening to the LU Moment. I'm Shelley Vitanza, the Director of Public Affairs at Lamar University, the pride of Southeast Texas.